is On With Abby. I'm Abby and this is podcast number 12 and today we're talking all about insects. There's just some crickets in the background because we're talking about insects. Anyway, um, we're going to start doing each podcast bi-weekly I think is how it is because um, so we're going to skip a week, do it one week, skip a week. Because it's just a lot for one week, and I want to be able to do longer, more high-quality episodes. And so, we've got, so it'll come out every other Thursday now. And so, yeah. Anyway, um, normal podcast today, we've got fascinating facts. We're also going to be interviewing my parents together because they own Donovan Apiaries. Which they have bees, and bees are insects, of course. We'll also be doing um, heart insect trivia, which will be very difficult, but it'll be fun. I'll talk about the ant and the grasshopper story, and basically the moral of it, because the ant and the grasshopper are both um, insects. And finally, we will do guess that word and quite interesting quotes, but. And now it's time for Fascinating Facts of the Week, Insect Edition. Number one, houseflies find sugar with their feet. Interesting. Number two, ants can carry more than 50 times their own weight. Wow. So, all right, I'm just making up stuff here. If an ant weighed one gram, then it could carry up to 50 grams, which is a lot for that one gram of that tiny ant. It's crazy. Number number three, 1.5 million species of insects have been named. Number four, insect one third of all insects are carnivores. Carnivores are animals that only eat meat, which which could be like dinosaurs, some kinds of dinosaurs and stuff like that. But an omnivore is an animal that eats plants and meat, which would be some humans. But some humans are vegetarians, which makes them an herbivore. Herbivores are anim- animals or humans or whatever that only eat plants. So you got plants, meat, and both. And number five, we share the planet with over one million species of insects. And that was Fascinating Facts of the Week. Insect edition. And now it's time for hard insect trivia. As you try to figure out the answer to each question, I'll play the sound of the crickets while you think. All right, we've got six difficult questions about insects. Let's see how many you know what you understand, what you get, and what you don't. All right. All insects have these four things. Blank, 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 and blank. A lot of blanks. You've got five seconds to figure it out. Time starts now. Three, four, five, two, one, zero. All right. Time's up. All right, all insects have six legs, three body segments, antenna, and an exoskeleton. Wow, 
And that's how you would know if an animal that you see is an insect. Alright, number two. How many days does a bumblebee live on average? Now this is a hard one and it's multiple choice. It's either 19 days, 28 days, or 36. Let's go. Time starts now. Five, four, three, two, one. Time's up. The answer is 28 days. Bumblebees live on average of 28 days. All right, what beetle is the strongest insect on the planet? You've got five seconds to figure it out. Time starts now. Time's up. The answer is the horned dung beetle. And remember, it's okay if you don't know the answer. It's supposed to be hard. All right. Next, what insect was the first living creature to be sent into space? It's either the soldier ant, cockroach, or fruit fly. Time starts now. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, the answer is a fruit fly. Fruit flies are like those little, almost look like gnats. They're, yeah. And they were the first insect that was sent to space and the first living creature. All right. Now, what person, no, what percentage of all species in the world are insects? You might be surprised by this one. It's either 25%, 40%, or 80%. Time starts now. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Time's up. Now, I said that you could be surprised because it's either, it could be low as 25 or high as 80. 40 is about in the middle. But the answer is 80. So, per, the percentage of all species in the world are insects. The 80%. Wow. All right, and finally, what is the loudest insect in the world? We've got a cicada, crickets, or a bee. So, um, I know most people will probably know what crickets or bees sound like. I've never heard of a cicada, but I don't know. Bee is like a buzzing sound. Cricket is right here. Now, what about a cicada? All right, time's up. The answer is a cicada. Cool. All right, and that was really hard insect trivia. Let me know if you got it in the comments below. And that was Hard Insect Trivia. Alright, now I'm going to read a very short version of the Ant and the Grasshopper story. Because I'm going to talk about the moral of the story. And, we'll, and it also involves insects. So, here's pretty short, not super long, but here we go. Alright, the grasshopper always spent his time singing and dancing in the garden while his friend, the little ant, was always busy working. The ant carried food grains on her back and stored them safely in her home. And the grasshopper always made fun of the hard-working ant. He often asked her to leave all her work and join him singing and dancing. But the ant replied, I'm preparing for the winter. As time went on... <sighs> 
the ant continued to work and the grasshopper continued to sing and dance under the shady tree. The season soon changed and winter brought freezing temperatures. When the ant was curled up in her warm home with plenty of food, the grasshopper was freezing and starving to death in the cold winter air. The grasshopper decided to ask the ant if he could stay with him through the winter. Her. But the ant refused. While I was working through the warm seasons, you... You were wasting your time. I'm sorry, but I only have enough food grains for myself, said the ant. The grasshopper soon realized that he, he should have prepared for the winter months and that it would be a rough rest of the winter. All right, and that's the super short version that I have. Anyway, they're both insects. We've got an ant and a grasshopper. Uh, how about you try to figure out the moral of the story? You've got five seconds. Five. Just try to think about it. Four, three, two, one. Okay, this is what I thought. It's important to use your time well or wisely and productively, and you should always try to be prepared. As in how the ant was prepared, and he was rewarded for being prepared. He had lots of food in the winter, and he was nice and warm. And he was preparing all summer by storing all that food in his house. While the grasshopper was not preparing and he was not rewarded, he was actually had a bad consequence for his actions. Because he didn't get to, like, well, he was starving and freezing outside through the winter. And by productively, productively means using your time completely. Like doing something with your time, not just sitting there doing nothing. And the ant was definitely doing something with her time. She was storing up food, and that was very productive. And she was also prepared, and she used her time wisely, unlike the grasshopper. And that was just a very short story. Hope you enjoyed it. And now it's time for Quite Interesting Quotes of the Week. Alright, just one today, and it is, An insect is far more complex than a star, and is a far more greater challenge to understand. That was said by Martin Rees, who is a British cosmetologist, which is the professional skill or practice of beautifying the face, hair, and skin. He was also an astrophysicist, which are people who collect particles from meteorites and use telescopes on land and balloons and satellites to gather data. And that was Quite Interesting Quotes of the Week. And now it's time for Guess That Word. All right, the definition is an organism that lives in or on another organism of another species and benefits by delineating new nutrients at the other's expense. And a synonym for it is sycophant. I think I said that right. Sycophant. And it is a noun. You've got 10 seconds to figure it out. Time starts now. Once again, Synonym could be a sycophant. Here's crickets. 
to down. Five seconds remaining. Five, four, three, two, one. Time's up. The word was parasite. A parasite is an organism that lives in or on another organism. The other organism would be the host um, of another species and benefits by delivering nutrients at the other's expense, which means it's taking the host's nutrients and using it itself. And that was, guess that word. All right, now we're gonna go over and do our three random questions with a guest. Today we have all my parents, which are the owners of Donovan Apiaries, Megan and Peter, and they're gonna come on and talk about bees and how the, how Donovan Apiaries got started and much more. Let's go. And now it's time for three random questions with a guest. As I said, today we have all my parents, um, Peter and Megan Donovan. Hello. Good evening. All right, and today y'all are going to answer three, well, multiple random questions, not just three. Um, first off, how did you get started with these? Um, my dad was a beekeeper. Um, my mom and dad had a bunch of colonies when I was a little kid. Um, and they tapered off over the years as their interests and responsibilities changed. And then my dad and I kind of got back into them. Um, around 2012, 2013. And how many hives did you start with and how many do you have now? Um, in that time, my dad's colonies, he had a couple hundred and they dwindled down to, I think he sold most of them and he was down to 50. <clears throat> and then over the years, they dwindled down to just one colony. And that first year we split that one colony up and built up. Um, couple hundred colonies for each of us um, so probably 400 between the two of us uh, from that basically that one colony we've only I don't think we ever bought bees wow that's a lot of bees at what point did you guys start selling honey so we didn't start selling honey till maybe like two years later and our first um, harvest of honey was only 300 pounds which was really small, but we were super excited about it. <laughs> we bottled it on our dining room table and printed off fancy labels at that time. <laughs> that cost too much, but we were excited about it. <laughs> now moving on to talking about mostly bees, what plant in Virginia do bees pollinate the most, or what is the most common? Oh, that's a really hard question. It depends on your area, where you live, because it changes depending on where you live. Um, there's several large, well, pollination and nectar producing are two different things. So some plants produce pollen that the bees use and some plants produce nectar that they turn into honey. Um, some of the bigger honey producing plants are tulip poplars, black locust, um, some of your sweet clovers and thistles. Um, but there's a lot of other plants that they've used bees for to pollinate just so they get a good crop. Uh, like apples or blueberries, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then, what happens in each season with bees? Like, are different things or? Um, so we're recording this now, and this is towards the end of April, middle to the end of April, and this is the busy season for bees in Virginia. So right now I'm going around and trying to keep the colonies from swarming, so I'm performing lots of different manipulations to 
keep them strong, but not too strong, so they don't swarm before the nectar flow. If they get to their peak strength before the nectar flow starts, then they'll swarm and you won't make any honey. Um, so that's kind of the springtime thing, is getting them ready for the honey flow, building them up, but not too much, and getting ready for the honey flow in the spring. The summertime, you try to pull your honey, uh, extract it, and get the colonies healthy. Um, if they have any issues, try to fix those through the summer. Uh, it's not a whole lot happens in our part of Virginia in the summertime. It's really dry and hot, so there's not much coming in for the bees, so sometimes you have to feed. Um, and in the fall, you get them ready for winter. You try to make sure you've taken care of your mites and they're all well fed. And in the wintertime, you do some mite treatments, but it's pretty quiet during the wintertime. You're kind of getting ready for the next year building equipment. And that you kind of. say, for people oh. who don't know, what is a mite? Um, a mite would be probably the largest, not the largest, but one of the biggest pests of honeybees. So if you can think about it as like a dinner plate sized tick on a human, and it attaches itself to the bottom of a bee and feeds on its hemolymph or its uh, fat bodies inside of the bee. And when it does that, it can spread viruses and basically make the bees sick and not as vigorous as they normally would be. And it can lead to issues in the colony. And that's probably one of the biggest reasons that colonies die here. And, is the, and that's why you treat them during a certain time? Yeah, we treat multiple times a year with organic acids. Um, and then we try to do other management techniques to give the bees a break. If you give them a brood break where there's no brood in the hive, that'll give the chance for the bees to clean up the mites on their own. Hmm. How do the bees clean up the mites on their own? Um, some bees are actually really good at it. It's kind of like people. Everybody's different. So some of them are more hygienic than others. Um, so some bees can actually smell the mites inside the cell with the baby bee, and they'll uncap the cell and go in and get the mites out. Hmm. Um, some of them are they're called ankle biters, where they'll actually take the mite and bite the mite and chew the legs off the mite and its foot pads so they can't attach to the bee. Um, but they got lots of different mechanisms that we don't understand or know, in most of them, I think. I think we only understand a couple. Interesting. Um, what, par what part of the business do both of you individually do the most? Oh, I handle the bees and the honey. Um, and I try to pawn off all the people handling to you. <laughs> so. I take care of honey sales and deliveries. I'm at markets. If um, we have farmer, farmer's markets, I do the social media part, so Facebook and Instagram, which I slack on sometimes. I'll try to do better. Um, let's see what else. Mainly the sale of honey, labeling and all that kind of stuff we kind of do all together with jars and bottling is kind of a together thing. Mm -hmm. All right, and for both of you, um, how has having bees positively and negatively impacted your lives? <laughs> this is a hot topic right now. <laughs> and it's a hot topic because if you are a hobby beekeeper and you only keep a few hives, three to 10, I would say, um, then it doesn't take a lot of time. But we have grown enormously so taking care of 200 hives takes a lot of time mm -hmm. so right now when everything's super busy in the spring and summer I would say too it takes up a, a lot of time away from the family and that's, the beekeeper part yeah and that's I the negative say. part that is the negative part now what is the positive part on your end the positive part on my end would be it's a family experience everybody does do something and in some sort of way and it's fun and they get to learn about it 
Um, and we and we get to say we have this little unique business of beekeeping because not many people do that, which yeah. is fun. Uh-huh. And Dad, what about you? Um, I would echo your mother's sentiment. It's um, 8 o'clock now, and I just came inside, and the sun's setting, and I just finished up one of my bee chores for the day after a full day of work. So yeah. I'm tired, and I tried to cram in as much as possible. Uh-huh. Um, and it happens a lot during the springtime. So yeah. it takes a lot of time and effort to get it to have, be successful. Springtime definitely sounds like the busiest season. It is. The best part by far is <laughs> dragging my kids out and making them do things with the bees that they hate to do, but then they kind of like it and they don't want to admit it. So that's definitely <laughs> the best part. And the look on their face when they get to stick their finger in an empty honey bucket or something oh, like that. Yes, yes, yes. So we have a good time with that. And I enjoy the nature part of it. So you're a lot more in tune with the natural world and you pay attention to things that you never would pay attention to otherwise. Uh-huh. What kind of things would you pay attention to? Um, well, the temperature swings, um, the blooms, the moisture levels, you know, if, we, if you don't get the right moisture levels or the proper temperature swings from day to night, some plants don't produce nectar. So just learning about all those kind of things and then really kind of keying in on your natural environment right around where you live, because um, every location is completely different. You know, I've got bee yards spread out all over Goochland County. and. Um, each one is individually just, they have all their own different environmental factors that change and stimulate the colonies in different ways. Uh-huh. All right. Um, thanks so much for coming on. Um, tell the people listening where they can find more about Donovan Apiaries. All right. We are on Facebook and Instagram as Donovan Apiaries. And if you are looking for honey, if you're in the Richmond area or Goochland area, um, we have it at Elwood Thompson's, Good Foods, um, let's see where else, Cross Brothers in Ashland, Six Bends in Goochland, Courthouse Pizza in Goochland, Southern States in Goochland. I know I'm forgetting some. Oh, I can't think. Elwood Thompson, or EW. EW Thomas is in Fluvanna. So if you're listening from any of these areas, you can hop in any of those stores and find us. We also have um, a list on Facebook and Instagram, too, if that's helpful. Or you can always order from our website, mm-hmm. which is, you can search us at our Square website at Donovan A. Berries. Yeah. On Square. Um, what kind of content can people find on Facebook and Instagram about the honey? list of where it is um i try to post pictures of things that we're doing throughout the year where we are for markets mainly and different types of shows cool and dad as we come to an end with this interview what is one cool fact about your about the honey um i think the coolest fact that's often repeated is that honey never goes bad um so there have been reports that they found honey in the tombs of the pharaohs in egypt and while not probably, it probably wasn't very good, the honey was still edible that they found, which is amazing to me, um, which also makes it a good product to produce because you don't have shelf stability issues and it doesn't go bad. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to harvest and hold on to it and stockpile it. That's definitely very interesting. Thanks so much for coming on and doing our random questions of the week. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Bye. Now, at the end of podcast number, I believe, 13, thanks for listening and be sure to tune in every other week for another new episode.
thanks to Megan and Peter, my parents, for coming on and talking about bees and a lot more. And if you want to learn more about Donovan Apiaries, again, you can find them at, on Facebook and Instagram or at DonovanApiaries.com. Also, I've, I know I've said that you can rate and review, but now we have a podcast email. And it's onwithabby at gmail.com. That's onwithabby at gmail.com. Of course, you can still rate and review. But now you can put your podcast suggestions there. Or if you have a question about the podcast, you can put all this there. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in a couple of weeks. I'm Abby, and this has been On With Abby. Bye!